Om Shri Sai Ram offering most humble pranams at the divine lotus feet of our ever present Lord invoking Bhagwan's benediction for today's session dear listeners a very loving Sai Ram to all of you Om Sahana Vavatu Sahana Ubhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मा विद्विषावहै ओम शांति 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 हरि ओम तत्सत श्री साईश्वरार्पणमस्तु द फोर टाइप्स ऑफ डिसाइपल्स एज डिस्क्राइब्ड इन द मुंडकोपनिषद is what we saw last week and we also saw the importance of knowing the sense of our identity which determines the sense of purpose in our life and we also understood that the practice of sadhana chatushtaya is very important for a spiritual sadhaka There is a story in Panchadashi. Panchadashi is an introductory text of Vedanta which is written by Shri Vidyaranya Swami, a giant of Advaita Vedanta who belongs to the post Shankara period. The story in the book goes like this. There is an insect which has fallen into a river and the insect is caught in the whirlpool and it is going round and round in the whirlpool and is suffering so much helplessly and it is not able to come out of this whirlpool and a sadhu comes by and he out of his compassion for the insect he gently picks up the insect and puts it back on the shore similarly when we are caught in this whirlpool in this web of samsara going through strife struggle and misery being tossed up and down by various vicissitudes of our life guru comes into our life and out of compassion for us guru picks us up from this samsara and he wants to rescue us from this samsara itself and bhagwan in one of the discourses said the secret to success in spiritual journey is just one word which is worship you become that which you feel yad bhavam tad bhavati you can get the feeling for the divine only when you have a taste of the love of the divine divine incarnates as human to give you a taste of that sweet love so that the yearning for the lord will be firmly implanted in your heart and this is in fact the purpose of avatar god coming down to our level in human form and bhagwan would often say in his discourses a statement the being is lost in the becoming what does this mean 
here the being refers to our true self the atman or brahman so being is same as sat the intrinsic existence which lends existence to everything else that we see so it is satyam or being and the becoming is nothing but a manifestation of this atman which means it is the world the being projects as the world it is a manifestation it is an appearance of the being and when man who is a part of the world that is the becoming does not experience the true nature of being the truth the sat the awareness and bliss sat chit ananda then what happens he will be engrossed in the world and naturally he loses sight of the divinity within his true nature and this is what is meant by bhagwan's statement being is lost in the becoming and if man wants to realize his true nature which is divinity itself he has to change his focus from the world to god from becoming to the being there is this beautiful allegory of two birds in the mundakopanishad and in this metaphor of two birds the spiritual journey of man from helplessness to fulfillment is presented in the form of two upanishadic mantras which go like this dva suparna sayuja sakhaya samanam vriksham parishasva jate tayoranyah pippalam swadvati anashnanyo abhichakashiti which means there are two birds of beautiful plumage which are sitting on the same tree one bird is sitting on a lower branch and let's say it is the lower bird and the other bird is sitting at a higher level and it is the higher bird the lower bird enjoys eating the fruits of the tree whereas the higher bird sits unmoved being absorbed in its own glory we can easily make out in this metaphor that the lower bird which hops from branch to branch from tree to tree and to taste the fruits of the tree that is the jivatman and this jivatman or the lower bird is very happy when it eats sweet fruits and it suffers when it eats particularly bitter fruits whereas the higher bird is absorbed in the inner bliss and which is naturally the paramatman then the mantra goes on to say samane vrikshe purusho nimagno anishaya shochati muhyamanaha jushtam yada pashyati anyamisham mahimanamiti vitashokaha well what does this mean see both the birds are on the same tree but the lower bird is caught in the web of delusion and it is drowned in helplessness anishaya means helplessness shochati it is always in grief and muhyamanaha it is also deluded this is the fate of the jivatman or the lower bird 
but once in a while this lower bird looks at the higher bird and it wants to go to the higher bird to know the secret of its serenity and peace and self absorption so it does take a flight towards the higher branch but what happens on the way it gets attracted to a particularly very large very juicy delicious looking fruit and the lower bird thinks oh the higher bird can wait and let me taste this fruit and this is what happens to us though when we go to a spiritual retreat or when we listen to the discourses of bhagwan we are highly inspired by the goal of spiritual life but what happens is this world holds us back the worldly desires crop up and they prevent our journey towards the higher bird but once when it gets the shock of its life the lower bird determines enough is enough let me go to the higher bird and let me know the secret of this happiness and peace and it takes a firm flight towards the higher bird and as it is moving towards the higher bird the lower bird can see the transformation in itself and it just looks like the higher bird itself and once it reaches the higher bird lo and behold there is no lower bird and all that is there is only the higher bird the paramatman so jushtam yada pashyati anyamisham mahimanamiti vitashokah when this lower bird perceives the adorable lord the paramatman then it realizes its identity with the majestic lord and then what happens vitashokah all its grief vanishes so there is no lower bird at all and all along there was no lower bird it was always this higher bird the higher self in us dreaming the journey or the life of the lower bird and this is what is happening to us and that is why bhagwan said to the student which we saw the anecdote last week i have come as the lion in your dream to roar and to wake you up from this dream from this waking dream also to the realm of reality and this is our spiritual journey last week we also saw the problems of the mind namely chitta mala which can be overcome through the practice of karma yoga and karma yoga in fact as we saw is an action that is performed without egocentric motives without desire and selfish goal but driven completely and entirely by a sense of atma dharma in the spirit of selfless service and it is performed in the spirit of yajna and such a karma is known as karma yoga which is free from karmic bondage and it also gives us chitta shuddhi the second problem of the mind which is vikshepa the wavering nature of the mind as we saw can be overcome through the practice of bhakti yoga bhagwan says the bhakti practices are known as upasana upasana swami says is to sit near which means when we undertake bhakti practice we are in the proximity of the divine 
दैट इज द पर्पज ऑफ अ साधना और भक्ति प्रैक्टिस सो अपार्ट फ्रॉम सेटिंग अ साइड सम टाइम इन द डे इन द मॉर्निंग एंड द इवनिंग एक्सक्लूसिवली फॉर आवर पर्सनल साधना एज वी सो इन द लास्ट सीरीज ऑफ टॉक्स ऑल्सो द इम्पॉर्टेंस ऑफ अंडरटेकिंग अवर साधना इन द ब्रह्म मुहूर्तम which the grace which is earned by this is exclusively for our spiritual evolution as said by swami apart from this particular sadhana two times or three times whenever we have time in the course of the day this entire activities that we do throughout the day that has to be connected to the thought of divinity as bhagwan says bhakti is not a uniform which you wear on certain days of the week and we don't put on our uniform on the holidays and the sundays but bhakti is not a part time devotion like this and it is a full time occupation or full time sadhana swami also says when you are traveling in a bus when the bus stops at the road side then what happens the dust from the road settles on your face similarly when you are undertaking your sadhana the bhakti practice if you stop in between when you stop the sadhana then what happens the dust of the worldliness settles on you and you are not able to progress spiritually so this is what exactly the practice of bhakti yoga is throughout the day whatever we do that has to be spiritualized or divinized and it can be done by sanctifying every action of ours with the name of the lord and by doing all work as god's work and offering all our actions to him as the bhagavad gita says yat karoshi yadashnasi yajjuhosi dadasi yat yat tapasyasi kaunteya tat kurushva madarpanam which means whatever you do whatever you eat whatever ritualistic sacrifice you undertake or whatever you give away as charity and whatever meditation you do offer all that to me so such a practice of bhakti yoga gives us chitta ekagrata the single pointed focus of mind on divinity and such karma yoga and bhakti yoga also gives us the fourfold qualification for a spiritual seeker which is sadhana chatushtaya and the most important thing in sadhana chatushtaya is in sadhana chatushtaya all the components are causally connected which means when we are lacking in vairagya our dispassion to the objects of the world then we have to go back to the previous one and strengthen the previous component so we have to go back to viveka we have to discern properly is my pull towards the world is more than the pull towards the god this is what we have to ask ourselves and strengthen our discernment between the real and the unreal then we can easily practice vairagya and this applies to every component of sadhana chatushtaya another important thing that we must follow is satsang see satsang as it indicates sat is eternal sang is to be in the company 
so to be in the company of the good and the holy to be in the company of like minded fellow pilgrims to the lotus feet like us who have the same wavelength of mind we should mingle with such people so which means it becomes very important for us to regularly attend the study circles in our sai samiti and this helps us to practice the teachings of bhagwan in the right perspective and it gives us the motivation and inspiration and conviction to practice bhagwan's teachings also and in the bhagavad gita itself in the 10th chapter of vibhuti yoga the lord says machitta madgatah pranah bodayantah parasparam katayantascha mam nityam dushyanti cha ramanti cha which means machitta madgatah pranah the devotees of me whose mind is absorbed in me and whose senses rest in me when they come together then what happens see when two gossip mongers come together what happens what is the topic of their discussion or when two stock brokers join together what do they discuss similarly the lord says when two devotees such devotees come together then bodhayantah parasparam they enlighten each other about the divine and kathayantascha mam nityam and they are always happy in telling the stories of the lord to each other and they revel in the glory of the lord the mahima the vaibhavam of the lord and such devotees the lord says tushyanti they are satisfied and ramanticha they are also always blissful so this is the importance of satsang in our lives and all by ourselves also we can have satsang through swadhyaya that is to say to study the teachings of bhagwan undertaking regular study of sai literature is one of the important points in the nine point code of conduct the charter given by bhagwan to satya sai seva organization see all these teachings of bhagwan the satya sai speaks the vahini series they are all available to us so easily so easily at the click of a button through radio sai and we must make use of it and we must engage in swadhyaya studying bhagwan's literature scriptures and elevating literature and this is also a type of satsang or even through chanting the name of the lord we can be in the company of the eternal divinity and this is also a form of satsang so sadhana chatushtaya and satsang practice of karma yoga and bhakti yoga makes us an eligible seeker of gnana marga the path of wisdom which is the path of inquiry koham soham and arriving at the answer soham this gnana marga as we all know has three inevitable steps which are shravana manana and nidhityasana shravana is repeated listening to the teaching of the scriptures the problem i don't know what the truth is that is removed by shravana shravana in scriptures is known as tatparya avadharanam which means determination of the essence we understand what the teaching is 
and next the stage of manana which is continuous reflection or cogitation on this teaching this teaching is not clear to me that problem is removed by manana and manana is called as yuktihi anuchintanam yuktihi means through logic anuchintanam constant reflection on the truth that removes all our doubts and the teaching or the truth is very clear to us then the third stage is nidhidhyasana which means prolonged meditation here the viparita bhavana the contrary tendency which is ingrained in us from many many life times that is removed by nidhidhyasana see the asambhavana obstacle is removed by manana asambhavana means oh it is not possible for me to think that i am atman that is removed by manana whereas the contrary tendency that i am this body i am this mind that is removed by nidhidhyasana which is prolonged meditation so i do not experience that problem is removed by nidhidhyasana and nidhidhyasana happens in two stages one is negation of what we are not and assertion of what we are and the text we have selected for study in vedanta parichaya next is nirvana shatkam which is a text of nidhidhyasana and it is also written by shri shankaracharya and nirvana shatkam is a very beautiful hymn which is often sung so melodiously and it is very familiar to all of us and it is a text of nidhidhyasana since we have studied the tatva bodha this meditation on the terms that are described in this nirvana shatkam becomes easier for us the legend goes that when shri shankaracharya when he was just a boy of 8 years when he was accosted by his guru govinda bhagavat pada with the question who are you then it is said shankara spontaneously burst out into this composition of nirvana shatkam and we must note that it is not shatakam shatakam means 100 it is shatkam because this composition has six verses or six shlokas now let's see the meaning of the word nirvana itself and nirvana is a very familiar word for all of us and it is also used in buddhism and we can easily make out that it means liberation or freedom but nirvana also has many more meanings it consists of two words ni and vana ni means to be free from or to be devoid of vana can also mean a tide tides in the ocean in an ocean we see high tides and ebb tides and similarly in our life also there is so much inner turmoil and there are these tides of ups and downs in our life and nirvana is the state though there are tides on the surface of the ocean of our life deep down inside there is the stillness of tranquility and serenity and this is called nirvana then 
Vana also means Vata. Vata means wind. So the breeze of desires or the Vata in our mind. So Nirvana means as the Bhagavad Gita says, Yata Deepo Nivatasthu Nengate Sopama Smrita which means like an unflickering flame which is kept in a windless spot. So the meaning of Nirvana here is where the winds of desires in the mind are not there. So the state of desireless of the mind is called Nirvana. And Vana is also used in the sense of Bana which means an arrow. Our thought can be an arrow. So Nirvana is the state where there are no thoughts. The thoughtlessness state of the mind is Nirvana. And our words also can be arrows and they can be so sharp that they can pierce the heart of somebody when they are spoken. So Nirvana is the state of wordless silence. And this is Nirvana when we take the meaning of Bana as the word. And this Vana also means the Bana or the arrow of Karma. As we have seen in our previous series of talks, the three kinds of karma, the quiver full of arrows at the back of the archer is the Sanchita karma, the karma that we have collected spanning many, many lifetimes and that is the first type of karma. And the arrow that has been already shot by the archer, that means the karma which has already started giving result or bearing fruit, that is the prarabdha karma. And the arrow in the hand of the archer, which is not at shot, where the archer has the choice whether to shoot the arrow, whether not to shoot the arrow or how to shoot the arrow, that is the agami karma. So, the vana or bana of karma is also another meaning of this vana. So, this nirvana means a state where there are no karma at all for an individual, which means when all the karmas are destroyed by self-knowledge or the state of jivan mukti is nothing but nirvana. And vana also means breath. So, nirvana means a state of complete breath mastery which leads to self-mastery. So, these are some of the different meanings of nirvana. See, when we closely look at these meanings, we can make out nirvana is not only the goal to be reached, but nirvana is also the journey itself. And we shall start with the study of Nirvana Shatkam in our coming session and I will conclude with the Shanti Mantra. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityurma Amritangamaya Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Tat Sat Shri Saishwarar Panamastu I am thankful to Bhagwan for this blessing of speaking to all of you through Radio Sai. I thank Team Radio Sai and I am grateful to every one of you. Jai Sairam.